Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and thanks so much for sitting tight and being patient with me. Had to work a lot of hours last week, so I took last week off, but I am back this week with Request Part 35. I'm going to start with Nasir Reynolds, the three-star running back out of Hillcrest High School in Texas. So this will be the first Texas player that I'm covering personally. As you all know, Simon has covered a plethora of Texas talent, and Desir Reynolds is also in that. And close to wrapping up our class of 2021 recruits, and you know, for the rest of this episode, I'll be ca- talking class of 2022. But to start off, we have Nasir Reynolds, the speed back out of Hillcrest High School, and I'll talk about some things that make Nasir so special here. And you know, the the first thing that jumps off the film is great burst and exceedingly well at accelerating especially at the hole you know as soon as Nasir Reynolds hits the hole you know he's a big play threat and you know he is no joke a 99 to 100 yard threat whenever he hits the hole he hits the hole so hard and he explodes out of it he's like a bullet being shot out of a gun absolutely and you know you could attribute that to just his really strong legs and the power that you can see starts all the way from his ankle and moves all the way up. And, you know, just the body control that comes from his balance and the just the explosiveness is unlike a lot of players that I've ever seen doing breakdowns here at PMC. In addition to, you know, his great burst and his very great, even elite acceleration is, you know, Nasir Reynolds' footwork is very solid. He's able to make some great cuts, especially inside the box. You know, there's a lot of elusivity when there's a bunch of bodies kind of stuck in the middle there, and Nasir will pop out and, you know, find plenty of green and and be gone and off to the races. So, you know, obviously with the cuts being so good in the box and his ability to you know, find that seam. I got to talk about his vision. His vision is very sound and, you know, consistently leads to big play opportunities for Reynolds and, you know, for Hillcrest High School. He actually has multiple 99 or 98 yard touchdown runs where, you know, it, it looks tough right in the middle of it, but he, he comes out the back end and there's just no one who's going to catch him or he just makes that edge and is so good at sticking that foot in the dirt or in the turf and, getting upfield really and so while talking about the explosiveness and the acceleration and just the raw speed in general that even make 99 or 98 yard runs possible I also got to talk about his stamina in that sense you know running 100 yard running 100 yards is not easy okay is if it was so easy then everybody would be doing it all the time right but Nasir Reynolds you know he has the speed to get away from people he has the acceleration to create that space, to create that distance between him and the defense. But he has that stamina, he has that wherewithal, and he has that mental toughness to finish off these runs and, you know, not get caught at the five-yard line or the 10-yard line or 15-yard line. He's never running out of gas to the point where he's going to get caught by these guys and, you know, only only end up with a 74 or 75-yard run versus a 98 or 99-yard touchdown run. I also think that you know, on, on the pass catching film that he does have that, you know, his hands are pretty solid, I would say. And in addition to that, you know, 
he did display at least in some run game stuff like some option stuff or you know two running back sets he did display you know the understanding of leverage to set the tone on some blocks and you know just the raw positioning was really good for Nasir Reynolds now let's start to talk about some areas of improvement I almost didn't see any pass blocking film from Reynolds here and part of that may came may come from and I hate to bring it up because you know I know Nasir's probably heard this plenty of times and it's definitely a played out angle but it is something to mention Nasir Reynolds is only listed at five foot seven 155 pounds which if you you know it, it's it's below average for a running back size for sure uh, especially compared to a lot of the running backs that we've looked at here on the past few months on the podcast that are typically in that five nine at least to that six foot one range and you know anywhere from 175 to 215 pounds right so you know the frame is a little bit small and i think that that's a concern for a school who you know may like i don't know if you can have reynolds on all three downs with the intention of using him as a blocker in addition to that, you know, while I do think that he has solid enough hands, I didn't see a whole lot of routes on the film. And I think that that's a way that he has to get onto the field more is by developing route running and, you know, being able to operate out of empty sets is something that, you know, I would definitely like to use Nasir Reynolds for as a coach with the speed that he has and with the footwork that he has. But, you know, you that's definitely something that you need to practice. So, you know, you have that scat back that speed back you know on those first couple of downs and then you have that pass catching back on that third down and you're able to use him in a variety of ways as well as run blocking in the run game on occasion or just needing to put on some more muscle probably be a bit more lean and develop that pass blocking either way i think that nasir reynolds you know is a great two down back but i'm not sold entirely on Reynolds as a three down back yet based off of the film that I've seen. I also think that, you know, at five foot seven, 155, that this is, you know, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but I did not see a lot of power between the tackles or on one-on-one situations. And, you know, it's great that he's able to cut in and out or just run around them, of course. And, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But I do think that, you know, if he's still able to maintain his level of speed with another 15 pounds and you know just having the option to lower the shoulder is just so nice of an option to have versus just not having it so you know that's something that i could see nasir working on and i think the stiff arm could be a little bit improved but that could be addressed in those college weight rooms and so speaking of college weight rooms nasir reynolds here is a three-star commit to drake and so you know, I know that Drake has had a pretty decent recruiting class. I know that we've talked about some Colorado kiddos that are that are going going to Drake. And, you know, I think that Nasir Reynolds has a chance to honestly hit the field as soon as possible. However, I would I wouldn't be afraid of redshirting him just to get some more weight on him. But, you know, if you come into a situation where I think that putting Nasir Reynolds back to receive punts or kickoffs is is a great use of him as a freshman. And, you know, just that change of pace back. Like, I know that I could give a toss to Nasir Reynolds at Drake and, you know, expect a 50-plus yard run. 
you know, that's just something that could potentially happen with Nasir, and that's the type of player that he is. So I will not be surprised if he does see playing time his first two years or three years. But I will wait and see how the starter status goes for him. You know, he, he could blow their socks off at camp and absolutely walk in and, and snatch that job. Or, you know, he could be a rotational role player kind of guy for his entire time and still make the league. You know, depending on just that raw speed and the way that he's utilized at Drake. But that does it for Nasir Reynolds out of Hillcrest High School. Coming up next, we're heading towards the East Coast to Virginia. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and we're talking about out of South County High School, the 5'11", 180-pound receiver, Brock Spaulding, who has a handful of offers and is a dog of a wide receiver. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk about why, but first I want to talk about some areas of improvement for Spaulding, just to mix it up a little bit. I think that Spaulding, you know, his his get-offs do need a little bit of work. He has a little bit of a rock, a little bit of a false step that I think slows him down. And that does not enhance what I already perceive to not be, you know, game-breaking speed. Now, Brock here does not have his 40-yard dash listed. But, you know, from what I saw in the film, you know, he doesn't beat people with speed. And he's not necessarily... I'm not saying that he's slow. I just think that he can get faster and that it will open up more opportunities in his game and, you know, in, in the routes that he runs and the positions that he plays on the offense. And with that being said, I also think that, you know, that Spalding's route variety, or at least the scheme that he plays in, is not super demanding. I just didn't see the largest variety out of the South County High School offense in general. And, you know, therefore just didn't see the largest variety of routes from Brock Spalding. So, you know, I think that's something to consider. And, you know, here at Playmakers Corner that we're pretty picky about, you know, the number of routes that are ran and how they're ran and stuff. But I'll talk about how how he runs routes a little bit later, because that is something that I do like. Um, but talking a bit more on, I think that he can add some more double moves to his to his repertoire, but it's not the biggest concern because of the just how effective the ones that he does have work. And on the next level, he may get called for some offensive pass interference. You know, he's really physical and really tough player. And, you know, I like that about him. And that's a huge reason why he has so many offers, I think. But I will say that, you know, the, the possibility exists for him to draw a few flags on the next level. Unless he just dials back just a hair. But, you know, I, you know I've been itching to talk about the, the pros of Brock Spalding here. And, you know, I'll start with, I think the easiest one to notice and then build up to some of my more favorite ones. I think that Spalding is one of the best, if not the best blocker I've seen at the receiver position in all the film that I've watched this year. And, you know, he's class of 2022. And I think that whoever gets him is going to be a phenomenally lucky school. That's going to get a receiver that actually cares about getting pancakes on corners at the point of attack, you know, and that's whether he's play side or weak side, but especially play side. He's super reliable on blocking his cornerbacks either long enough for the play to get by them or you know it, he's he can block them into the end zone for touchdowns to to come right behind him too 
he has more pancakes at the receiver position than any other receiver that I've seen out of the film that I've watched thus far. So, you know, that jumped off the screen to me immediately. And I was like, okay, so, you know, Spalding cares about the little things, right? Like a lot of receivers, they'll either run off guys who they're supposed to block or, you know, they, they're kind of, they can get kind of lazy in the run game as far as blocking, but Spalding, I'm like, okay, he's dialed in all game and, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna torch, you know, whoever he's on, whether that's, whether it's blocking them or whether it's route running too. So I, I like the high motor that Spalding has. I like the leverage that he keeps. It sends a good message about his arm strength with the way that he's able to control defenders with his blocking. And it sends an even greater message about his leg strength, you know, and I think that his leg strength is even even further solidified when you watch, you know, his DB and wide receiver film and realize that, wow, Brock Spalding has an incredible vertical, you know, is one of the first things that I thought. And, you know, he can get up there. He climbs the staircase constantly and he makes some spectacular catches. Oh, man, you just really look up Brock Spalding huddle. Absolutely must watch for sure. But getting back to some of the smaller things before I talk about the things that blew me away the most. And one of those is, you know, he is such a physical, like Brock Spalding is a football player. And that's what I love about him so much. He's one of the most physical route runners that I've seen. He's not afraid to engage with cornerbacks and he's not afraid of them pressing him or getting into some contact, right? You know, he's like, okay, I'll out muscle you for this route or I'll out muscle you for this ball. And he has some contested catches that he comes down with and you know, it's all about that body control, that positioning, as well as just that strength that he has on the upper body where he can push cornerbacks off of them. He can shove them out of the way. He can rip the ball away from them. So, you know, he's he's so just, I don't know, it, it looks naturally strong, just passively really powerful and strong. And, you know, he translates that into a very aggressive style of play at the receiver position that you know, I have a lot of respect for and that we just don't see enough of, you know, especially through both the run and pass game. But last but certainly not least, as if his arms and legs being strong weren't enough, he has insanely strong hands. And I think the, the biggest proof of that, as in addition to his verticality, is the spectacular catches that he is constantly made and that includes two not one but two contested one-handed touchdown catches so you know he he's capable of making great plays he's a state champion who you know caught i believe it was a 70 yard pass in the championship game on an excellent double move which he has one of the better double moves out of the film that i've seen and, you know, he's able to throw people for a loop. His stop and go is also very, very sound and is, you know, slowing that down, chopping those feet, making it look like he's going to make a break and then just blowing past the defender because they bite so hard on it. And, you know, that's also a testament to the other routes that he runs. And, you know, just those moves that he does have make me just hungry for more moves because I know that he can is the thing. So when I was talking about in areas of improvement that, he can expand moves. It's literally just for variety's sake. And because I can tell based off of, you know, the other routes that he has ran 
that he really can open up his route tree and open up those double moves and open up those kind of moves. But talking about outlook here for Brock, you know, he has a lot of looks. I, I know he has offers from Army, Bowling Green, Charlotte, Coastal Carolina, Connecticut, Duke, East Carolina, Liberty, Marshall, Massachusetts, Old Dominion, Toledo, Tulane. So, you know, he has so many offers and I don't know what schools he's visited or if he's visited any of them, but you know, we're talking Duke, we're talking ACC football, right? We're talking, you know, Coastal Carolina, which has been on the come up in a few sports over the past few years. So there's lots of really good looks for Brock Spalding to be a division one football player. And I think that's exactly what he is. I think that, you know, his recruitment stands out for itself. His stats also speak up with that 40 receptions for 788 yards and 10 TDs in a shortened season. So Spalding's future is very bright and I'm excited to see where it goes. But that's kind of all I have for Brock Spalding. Coming up next, we're going to go just a little bit more southeast into Florida. Talking about alignment coming up next. And welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and I'm going to be talking about Branson Bordones, the six foot three, 280 pound offensive lineman out of Sarasota High School in Florida. And, you know, I'm going to start with some areas of improvement first here for Branson. Change it up a little bit here on request part 35 and talk about. So Branson, he primarily plays guard and tackle. I didn't see too much center film, but guard and tackle. So, you know, that versatility he's got going for him. But, you know, I just did not see him get to the second level maybe it was once on his entire film that I see him get to the second level. So I don't know what his, you know, passing off the block looks like or what that speed looks like or, you know, what the footwork looks like against a linebacker more so than a defensive lineman. And it's a little bit different than when you're pulling and getting after a linebacker because you guys meet at the point of attack versus, you know, you, you kind of have to chase them down when you're heading second level. So I, I want to see a bit more second level work from Branson. I also think that, you know, and this isn't any fault of his own, but there just wasn't a whole lot of pass rushing moves against him. So I just, from a scout perspective, I'm just unsure on how he combats certain moves or if he has, you know, a counter even in the first place. In addition, I also think that, you know, I didn't see him block two guys on one play ever where he pancakes one and then goes to the next level. And that's kind of, you know, that's like a sub note on top of the going to the second level because it's like sometimes, you know, especially with linemen like Rod Green that I did a film breakdown on and, you know, actually will be having an interview come out. Not this week. Maybe it's, it's in a few weeks from now. We'll be talking to Rod Green or Troy Fountain. And those guys have gotten pancakes on D lineman and then gotten second level and picked up another pancake or blocked a linebacker too. So, you know, when I'm talking about some elite offensive line play, Branson, he's not quite elite yet, you know, and there's still some things to work on. And I think one of those is speed, honestly, just, you know, especially getting to the second level and stuff like that and being a bit quicker down the line on poles. I also 
didn't see him pulling out in space going against cornerbacks, you know, whether it was toss plays or, you know, like deep outside strong power plays or anything like that. I didn't really get to see that too much. So once again, that leaves kind of a question mark on his footwork and his speed and how he frames up to some of those faster, more agile players. So, you know, overall, I don't really think there, there's not a lot of knocks on Branson personally. It's just that there's a lot of versatility missing in the types of blocks and the type of blocking schemes to be ran. So it's not necessarily areas of improvement so much as there are question marks at this point. And, you know, the more question marks you have as a scout, then the harder it is to offer somebody a scholarship, right? But some things that aren't question marks and are definitely green check marks, you know, on the boxes that Branson Bornonas fills out is, I mean, six foot three, 280 pounds and flank guard and tackle, you know, you love that versatility and it looks like, you know, and another thing that I can see is they try and put him in the position that's probably the most important on a play to play basis. So, you know, depending on the pass play, he'll, he'll end up playing tackle and kicking guys out and especially the position on the field or what down it is kind of determines whether he plays tackle it looks like and you know if it's if a if it's a run play with a pull Branson Bordones is the guy who is pulling so you know those are some things that I noticed from his film and the fact that it looks like his coaches trust him quite a bit is a really good sign to me and you know really promising overall and it gets me you know that is something that starts to make me go oh okay so so what is this Branson kid about and you know what he's about is he, at the tackle position, he has an excellent kickout step and he handles speed rushers super well, you know, and some of these guys are flying off the edge going a million miles an hour, but Branson here is not phased by that and he kicks out just fine and just pushes them all the way around the quarterback without, you know, any sort of problem and very consistently is something else I like. Very consistently is, he's, is he able to, you know, beat Pat speed rushers the exact same way over and over again and they just cannot combat the technique that Bordones has in addition you know I think that when he does pull that you know he does get down the line just fine and he takes a great angle onto his blocks you know kind of doing that scoop a little bit around the line as they kind of reel back a little bit from that initial push and getting around that and getting to that you know he never blocks the wrong guy and it starts with his pulls you know I think that he blocked the correct guy every time and he blocks them the correct way to give the running back an opportunity to cut inside and stay inside that hole and you know when he's in pass pro at the guard or tackle position he never blocks the wrong guy he's very good I could see him identifying who he was supposed to block and who his teammates were supposed to block and I could tell that he has a mental acuity for the game of football that you know is just going to translate well to that collegiate level and you know I think that should open up opportunities for him in and by in and of itself you know I also think that uh you know like I said the versatility is really huge and you know he keeps pretty good leverage and he does a good job of you know if it looks like he may be holding kind of pulling those arms inside and you know letting go for the most part so as to actively avoid penalties but as far as outlook goes, you know, I couldn't find anything on Branson Bordonis's scouting or recruiting at this moment in time. I will say that Branson 
as of right now is a pretty raw football player with not a lot of schemes from the film that I've seen or different types of blocks. So I think that, you know, he's probably an FCS guy at best, but most likely D2 at this moment in time. I do think that, you know, if the coaches do give him a lot of chances to provide more film or film addressing the things that are a little under addressed in his current film, and he shows out in there that he's definitely an FCS player. But I also don't think that for Bon for Donez, you know, he, he's a class of 22 guy as well. And, you know, he might just need the senior year. But, you know, if he still seems a little bit raw in some of those areas and didn't get to address those, I don't think that going to a run heavy Juco would be the worst idea so that, you know, he can execute these different types of blocks. He can show that he can do these different types of blocks because it's not that I don't think that he can't. It's just that I don't know for sure. And so he, he'd have a chance at a Juco or even a D2 to answer questions that he didn't necessarily nail, you know, on, on this film or or could be addressed on this film. So that's kind of my outlook for him. I'm excited to see what his path is. And, you know, I, I'm glad that we were able to get a, a Florida lineman on this show and, uh, you know, figure it out and chop it up. So also, any of the athletes on this episode, per usual, you are always invited to come onto the show and do an interview and clarify some things or address some things. So, but that does it for Branson. We're moving on to our last player, who is a five-star safety, currently at IMG Academy. Coming up next. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Suffer, and we are talking Keon Saab, the five-star, three, 200-pound safety, who's currently at IMG Academy, who formerly went to Glassboro and Williamstown High School, I believe. But he's at IMG Academy now, class 22, and he's ready to show out. And, you know, Keon is one of the best athletes that we've analyzed on this show to date. I have zero doubt about that. And he has one of the best verts. No, and, and he shows out, you know, he's also a basketball athlete. So you can get that, you can see that dual sport action and see how it translates to the football field. And, you know, his, he jumped, he did this, I don't, it was like a dunk contest kind of submission is what I'll call it for, you know, on Twitter where he jumped over two other people for a dunk and, and they were standing. So, you know, he has incredible springs. Obviously it looks a little bit different in pads and a helmet but it still looks like an incredible vert vertical. And, you know, this allows him to win jump ball situations regularly. I, I don't know if I've seen him. I can't imagine him losing a jump ball. That's how often and how consistent his mossing is and just how strong he is too. He wrestles the, the ball away from opponents with just superior strength, really. And, you know, another reason why he's so dynamic is he's just very instinctual at the point of attack when the ball is in the air. And, you know, and you can see this. I've watched both his wide receiver and defensive back film. You know, it was kind of hard to put his film together through his huddle as well as the YouTube videos. But, you know, I, I watched him 
dominate on both sides of the ball and it's no wonder that he ends up at a place like img academy where you know elite athletes go to play sports and you know i'm surprised i'm kind of surprised that you know they they swung him over to safety just because he was so dominant at the receiver position but you know he does a lot of versatile things at safety you know he plays a variety of coverages he's able to man up in the slot really well and you know he just has such a great frame at that six foot two six foot three over 200 pounds and just very fast frame that you know makes him that guy that you can match up on probably anyone on the field any one of their receivers and you know he's going to find success with the varying levels of coverage you know i like seeing him in that zone coverage because you know it lets him kind of play center field and you know bait quarterbacks a little bit and go get those interceptions or you know i like seeing him put into that slot man where it's like okay that guy will not get past two on this play and if he does he's going to get lit up because Another thing that Keon does really well that I don't think a lot of safeties cannot balance both, but Keon is a great pass defender at the same time as he is a phenomenal hitter and a great in the box safety. Believe it or not, you know, they, I saw him at Glassboro rolled down to the line and blitz as an outside linebacker and have more pass rush moves than people who've been playing outside linebacker their whole lives. Really, you know, he has a great rip. He has a pretty good swim. And, you know, he has pretty good speed rush, honestly, too, where he just overwhelms the tackle or the tight end. And, you know, he's able to fake that outside and cut back inside and force pressure on the quarterback, get some hits, you know, make tackles in the backfield. And he is a very... Keon Saab is one of the most sound tacklers. Oh, my goodness. He gets leverage. He wraps up at the hips drives them down and and just finishes plays you know he never he never puts in half of his effort into making tackle he takes every tackle and every play serious and you know when you have somebody that's just so sound at tackling at that safety position it's kind of a peace of mind thing for the coach where it's like okay my last line of defense is not going to miss a tackle so you know i obviously like that a whole bunch and you know, I love the versatility that he brings to the safety position. I know I can play him at strong safety or free safety. He'll be able to succeed at both. I'll be able to roll him into the box. I'll be able to put him in man up in the slot. I'll be able to call any zone. And he's going to do whatever you need him to do because he can do it. Is a lot of it. So, you know, those are obviously really great pros to Ke- Keon Sob's game. I think that we're going to learn a lot more about him this upcoming year. You know, talking about just, um, you know, the opportunities that he has at IMG and the competition that he will face. As far as some areas of improvement, you know, I like to see him just continue working on reading offenses and, you know, diagnosing plays before they happen. He may have done that, but, you know, the film was just really hard to kind of sift through and see that necessarily. And, you know, I want to see him man up against those elite tight ends. And I want to see him match up against wide receivers on the outside. I didn't see him get to play cornerback or defensive back on the outside. And it's not really necessary for safety. However, it is something that is just nice to know in case you need to do it. And so, you know, I'd like to know if he's going to be that guy that I can put on their number one receiver all game. And, you know, he just shuts him down depending on if I need him to. So, but, and, and these are things that he might do, but I just didn't see in the film. And Keon Saab talking about outlook here. 
he has offers from from all the big schools you know he has a georgia one he has penn state he has bama he has clemson he you know he has all those top dogs chasing after him for a reason and that's because he himself is a top dog and you know Keon, if you want to come on to the show as well as anybody else you are welcome and i it was a pleasure watching your film really but that does it for request part 35 for this edition of playmakers corner podcast once again if you don't already please find and follow us on tiktok instagram twitter or facebook and that's at playmakers corner or at playmaker corner for twitter if you don't already please you know like our podcasts on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or anchor and you know get notifications anytime we drop a new episode typically on mondays wednesdays and fridays we still have lots of good interviews to share with y'all and we have lots of we have lots of content that we're very excited for so please you know like and subscribe on those and you know give us a good review if you have some time we really appreciate it and we appreciate the listen i've been cody stoffer and this has been request part 35 thank you and good day